First time in a long time, but back like I never left. Taking these things as it comes, you know me, I don't read ahead. Watch me burn down everything, BDE on the TV set. When I'm in control on the road, you can never really know what's up next. Hello, hello, hello. Davey Portman here from Up Next, postwrestling.com. All the podcast uh, apps you've got, you can find us. Welcome. Hello there. Uh, we are not live on Tuesday night after NXT, as both Brayden and I are currently in New York. Um, Brayden's enjoying time with his girlfriend today, so I'm joined by Mr. Shot in the Dark himself, John Sino Evil. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. This is really weird. We're in the same country, even in the same state, but somehow we're still on Zoom recording. Still on Zoom. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I wasn't sure if this was going to go ahead or not this week, but we've we've never missed an NXT. So it it feels kind of uh, bad to kind of miss it out. So currently uh, in my hotel room in the Upper West Side of Manhattan, uh, just finished watching last night's NXT uh, Two. Big titles on the line, uh, a lot of wrestling on tonight's NXT. Um, but yes, I am here because obviously this Saturday is the post-wrestling fifth anniversary extravaganza. And at the QXT nightclub in Newark, New Jersey, right next to the Prudential Center before full gear. Uh, very exciting. Everyone's getting into town. I've seen... Uh, Benno and Steph have arrived. I think WH comes in tomorrow. Uh, Jordan Goodman and Neil Flanagan arrive tomorrow. Uh, obviously, you see, you, know, you already live here. Uh, I've arrived. I've you've arrived, arrived a long time ago. Uh, yeah, this, it's, if it's, you, it's funny. But, it's like it's like a I don't know, like a movie or something where everybody's coming from like different parts of the world and everybody's coming to unite for this giant like race or something. It's the it's end game, isn't it? Yes. It's everyone like <laughs> arriving through their portals. Uh, super excited. Uh, I hope to see as many of you there as possible. If you are in the area, you are able to get along to the QXT nightclub on Saturday. Please, please do. It's going to be uh, I think a really special day. We've got I believe we've got a live band. Um, Braden and I are going to be hosting uh, one of our games in live in person for the first time ever. Uh, we're going to see who will be the worthy uh, challenger for Fire Frank's BDE Championship. Sino, uh, I, I hope you're going to put yourself forward and enter this. I maybe I will, maybe I won't. I don't know. I can't got to leave it up to suspense, you know. But uh, mm. I, I'm excited about this this fall fall gear. Uh, they were calling it all uh, gear. Yes, be exciting. Um, I I, I know that uh, I appointed W H Park as the wise man, Paul Heyman. But I'll I'll make a what is it? Uh, not a prediction. It's a spoiler that um Frank Fire Frank probably will not be a BD champion for far too long. Oh, you you think he's dropping the title in Newark? I think so. One way or another, we're gonna make interesting. It interesting. It is a 25th anniversary of the Montreal screw job, so why not follow that with a Newark? <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, super excited. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, Please do come if you are in the area. Uh, And we'll be making a big announcement at that show as well. Um, I'm doing a Tony Khan here and announcing an announcement. Uh, But it's something that will shake the very foundations of wrestling podcasts to its core. I I promise you that. Uh, So looking forward to uh, for that this uh, this weekend. We'll we'll hear from the BDE, right? Got to have the graphic for... uh... Exactly, exactly, yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, we've got a lot going on. Uh, we are away, uh, this week. So, uh, kind of scaled back on the Patreon stuff, but we have already dropped a best match ever. Randy Savage. Yes. The macho man, uh, that dropped yesterday to celebrate what would have been his 70th birthday. 
We're obviously talking about uh, Randy versus Ricky Steamboat. We're talking about uh, Savage versus Warrior. Uh, so many uh, great matches there. Uh, and this was a lot of fun to record. So go ahead and check that out on the Patreon, patreon.com slash up next. We also have our Ratatouille review. Uh, World champion patron Mahmoud Almadi went from his first pick was the Godfather uh, just over a year ago. And now he's gone completely the other direction and chosen his favorite Disney Pixar film, Ratatouille, about a, a rat that that cooks. Um, have you I seen mean, this film, Sino? I have. I have. It's, it's been a while. I wanted to rewatch it before listening to the review. But I was going to say there's definitely rats and uh, snitches in the Godfather trilogy. So kind of kind of fits the, the theme, I guess, in a way. Uh, yeah, absolutely. There are some sort of mafia kind of characters in oh, Ratatouille yeah. as well, for sure. Um, so that's up there for you to review, along with our classic NXT reviews, uh, where we were talking about uh, November 20th, 2013, um, where we have kind of uh, the the continuation of Charlotte's betrayal of Bailey joining the BFFs. Uh, we've got a series of beat the clock challenges uh, to determine the new number one contender for Bo Dallas's title uh, and Hunico and Camacho, if you remember them in tag action. Uh, always, always a fun show looking back to see what was happening in NXT uh, almost a decade ago now at this point. Um, but we're, we're coming to the end of 2013. We'll be entering 2014 very soon. Uh, but yeah, Sino, there's, there's quite a bit of wrestling going on. Um, what are your kind of plans for this week? Um, I, I assume obviously you're going to full gear. We'll be together for that. Are you going to check out anything else that's going to happen this week? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want to see this Eddie Kingston, uh, Junakiyama tag team match. I don't think I'll be going to rampage. Most likely I'm not. I don't know if I know anybody that's going to rampage, unfortunately. Um, but of course they have to throw in a match that's going to get people thinking, oh, maybe I should go. So I definitely want to check out the rampage. Um, SmackDown, I'm definitely going to check out. I know the world cup is, is continuing over there. So that looks pretty exciting. Um, that's really it. I mean, it's not like one of those weekends. The AEW doesn't really have like other promotions, um, have shows like the same weekend as their shows, but I think they could have definitely like GCW or somebody could have capitalized off of this weekend. I think maybe have a show like on a, on a, you know, Saturday night after full gear or something. Who knows? I think I feel like some other promotions could have took advantage of it being in the tri-state area. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a, a city that people travel to and and lots of opportunity for for other smaller wrestling companies here. Um, but yeah, what what is your excitement level for full gear? Uh, what kind of matches are you most looking forward to or or perhaps like returns or whatever? What's kind of got your interest for this pay-per-view? First of all, I hope that I think right now they have like what eight or nine matches announced. I I kind of I'm fearing Rampage that they're gonna throw on like five or six other matches because we're used to like having like what twelve plus matches on these mm. cards. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen. I'm hoping it's like a reasonable. Um, and that's been one of the criticisms is like you know too long of the cards. So maybe this time Tony Khan listen and actually are gonna make shorter cards. Um, but I am looking forward to obviously the main event with MJF and Moxley. Um. The the Jeff Jarrett match, I'm just curious because like it's just Jeff Jarrett. Like, you know, how often can you say you've seen him wrestle? So I'm curious to see him and Sting. Like it's like who who would have thought like a year ago, oh Jeff Jarrett and Sting are gonna be wrestling like in Newark? Like, okay, sure. So I'm kind of excited to see that. Um Soraya, obviously, haven't seen her wrestle in forever, so that should be uh pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of interesting parts here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if so obviously the elite is gonna be some sort of surprise, so we don't know what they're doing. Um, but I, I feel like there's gonna be one or two other surprises that nobody might be thinking of. Um, who knows? Maybe somebody from from Japan might show up. That that's my prediction. I feel like somebody uh okay. might show up. Who knows who though? Nice. Uh yeah, I, I think the kind of 
since uh like the the whole punk thing the the buzz has kind of died down a little uh and I, I think kind of on paper it's not necessarily the the most appealing card in the world but i i kind of have faith that uh come saturday it's we, we were saying the same about forbidden door you know and i and i'm pretty sure like by saturday i think the show is going to be really strong uh is it necessarily the 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 best use of some of these people like a derby like a like a brian danielson not sure um but yeah i do like that sting jarrett match i kind of hope it's a one and done with jarrett but it does kind of have my curiosity as well and uh before we go into nxt kind of what have your thoughts been i know you uh obviously you do shot in the dark every week where you cover all the wrestling that we don't talk about uh but you you follow nxt every week and kind of uh how what do you feel since this kind of new era, like moving back from 2.0 to regular NXT, uh, got the yellow back? Um, kind of what's your interest level being in NXT? What has had your attention? What hasn't had your attention? And do you think there's been much of a change since we've kind of moved away from the 2.0 era? Um, I feel like they're using like the best elements of the 2.0 as well as in you know bringing back some of the stuff from the black and gold era i didn't expect like an overnight change like it wasn't go go back to what it was and i don't think it should have went back to what it was because there was obviously some issues with that and there was some issues of like you know how that was working and how like people were being transitioning to the main roster it just didn't work out so i mean our first real like exposure to that has been solo sokoa like he's been, been had a pretty well transition from from nxt to the main roster um so i i've, I've liked the, the subtle changes it hasn't been like you know i'm not telling everybody oh you need to watch nxt it's back to how it was no it's not going to be like that i don't think it's going to be like that i think it's going to be something totally different which i'm mm. okay with so like the elements that they've changed um you know they got rid of the colors they got rid of like a lot of like the the, the goofy gimmicks for the most part i feel like it's been mostly wrestling based we don't really see like backstage segments as much as we used to once in a while yeah but i think it's been more about like the in-ring product which is what i think was the best part of the the black and gold era yeah it's definitely i i think found a better balance we're, we're having uh Fewer matches uh, with longer time now, whereas before we'd be having like eight, nine matches or just like two, three minute squashes. Uh, I, I think they've definitely found the balance. There is still some goofiness, but it's it's wrestling. There's goofiness on Raw. There's goofiness on SmackDown, AEW, everything. And I, I do feel it's it's been toned down a little. Uh, I think the real test to see kind of how successful this is, is when you have the likes of a, a Bron Breaker or Carmelo Hayes move to the main roster one of those like pure 2.0 characters um how well they'll transition whether there are many changes or whatever because i think both guys are are kind of ready for that when it's when it's time if they've got something substantial for them to do uh i think those two guys are definitely uh shoo-ins for main roster and, and that'll be when we really see how successful this kind of 2.0 has been yeah because at the end of the day like we're still like kind of like in the era of what was in the 2.0 we haven't like done a total reset yet so we haven't really been introduced to too many new characters so i'm kind of like curious like and this is kind of weird because they just like announced like a rookie class and it was all like sports athletes it was like no indie wrestlers at all it was right. all like brand new people so that kind of got me like eh, they could have maybe signed one or two indie people um but who knows maybe they they want to but they don't want to put them through like the ni the next in line program which makes sense you're gonna sign like i don't know who's an indie wrestler that's out there like um I don't know somebody uh like 
you wouldn't put him through the next in line. Like a Matt Cardona, for example, if you're going to bring him back, you're not going to yeah. have him like promoted as like the next in class. You're just going to introduce him, whether it be like an NXT or the main roster. We did have an introduction here. Um, people might not know who Isla Dawn is, but like they put her, her on and she's not going to be put through the performance center. So it makes sense to like have like people with no experience training next in line and the people that do have some experience, like they bring back like a Blake Christian, for example, you're just going to put him on TV at that point. You're not going to like really kind of show him the ropes. Yeah. Uh, is there is there anyone from this like new crop that kind of uh, catches your eye at all? To be honest, I mean no, because all I really go on based on is like pictures and like your introductions that they had. Like, there's no wrestling experience from anybody that I know of. Um, so yeah, we just kind of have to see. I know I did look at like some of the um, the spoilers for Level Up, and like if, every week on Level Up, they do throw in people I've never heard of before. So that's like my first introduction. Like a Soul Ruka, for example, had no wrestling experience. And she kind of got her reps in on, on level up to the point where when she's on TV, she's, you know, she's okay. She's she can definitely like run through a match or whatever. So I think that's like the idea is to kind of put them through level up as like their first experience on like in front of a crowd and then throw them on to NXT. Absolutely. And and before we go into the review, what what kind of has uh is there any kind of news or any matches? I know you've got shot in the dark dropping today, but what maybe a little like spoiler kind of what's caught your eye in the last week um nwa has been heavy everybody's <laughs> like uh eyes so I, I did jump on rewind the raw with john and way earlier as we talk about it but that pay-per-view man like that was a train wreck like it was so bad like it's like and it's funny because like i actually had some points um with the first match here with the Braun Breaker Von Wagner match, because like Billy Corgan tried to defend saying like, Oh, this is the type of main event you're going to get. You're going to get big guys that, that, you know, they're wrestle basically. And it's like, yeah, but they're not really the best wrestlers. You have a Trevor Murdoch, you have a, a Tyrus, like Braun Breaker and Von Wagner are big guys that actually could put a, a 13, 15 minute match in the guys in NWA are not. Unfortunately, it's people that were on main event like 10 years mm. ago for WWE. It's not like the right people. I feel like, and just like some of the, the things that happened on that show, like at EC three, like in the middle of his match with Tom Latimer, who's a former Bram or Kenneth Cameron from the Ascension just starts going on about like, uh, Latimer's arrest, like his domestic abuse charges with Charlotte and like all this stuff. And I'm just like, why are you doing this in the middle of a match? And then like, it was like the most like mind boggling thing. And then you have like referees who clearly like, are doing the three count and they stop like three seconds too early before the person interferes. And it's like the crowd like caught onto it the third mm. time this happened on the show. And it's just like, they're, they're just driving their, their little fan base that they have. They're actually driving it away. I feel like it's not, I mean, you, you obviously don't watch NWA, but like, what do you think of like, just like everything that's going on with them being in the, the limelight, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I think uh, it's not a product I've ever really followed, but I, I could at least, like when power started appreciate that it was it was something a little different uh like that kind of throwback style uh studio wrestling but also it was the it was a good platform for people to kind of get a bit slicker on the mic the likes of a, a ricky starks and a eddie kingston when they were there i i definitely saw it as uh not something i would personally seek out but at least it was offering a kind of different product out there rather than being just another wrestling company and it really this is the most buzz but in the in the worst way possible nwa's had for quite a while um i'd say since the pandemic really and uh it just seems that they're on this kind of self-destruct mode almost like i don't know you you've got to listen to your audience at some point like you don't have the biggest audience as it is why would you be trying to drive them away uh, I, I don't see the the point. It's it's very odd and very odd seeing these interviews with uh, Billy Corgan and Nick Aldis and stuff. Just 
Um, I, I don't see this lasting too much longer, to be honest. And honestly, another show that's been catching my attention recently has been Main Event, believe it or not. Like, ever since Triple H took over, they kind of, like, revamped the way that show is done. Before, it used to just be, like, just two matches with no, like, consequences at all. Mm. Now they're actually, like, using people from NXT. Like, the last episode they had, um, Zion Quinn was on there, as well as Wendy Chu. And I actually saw, like, when Wendy Chu came out, she didn't really get a reaction. But just by her doing, like, her sleepy gimmick in the ring, it started to get a little buzz with the crowd and everything. And then they kind of sprinkled that in with, like, backstage segments where you actually see, like, people like Dana Brooke and some Mike Time, Shelton Benjamin. And that's, like, transition now to like the main roster so it's like you're using shelton on main event using akira tozawa on main event i'm sorry on raw now from main events and you're kind of replacing them with people from nxt like i think jd mcdonald's gonna be on it next week so i feel like them testing people out on main event weekly has been pretty well um duke hudson was on there von wagner has been there and it kind of like gives them like a different um i guess playing field to to kind of like show off you know who can actually be on the main roster and who can't um so that's actually been a pretty like different like show since since hunter took over it's kind of like i guess how level up is to nxt is the same way with the main event uh to raw and smackdown yeah i i think it's important and just because these people are showing up on on main event or superstars or whatever doesn't mean necessarily that a call-up is immediate but it is developmental and and that is a big thing is how how do you kind of connect and react to these big crowds on tv because you it's when you're doing it at sorry not full sale but the cwc every week in front of the the same audience we've seen this before with nxt how like a character like emma would be really really over with that group but that's because it's the same people watching her every single week and then when she moves up to the main roster the gimmick just doesn't work at all so i i think it's all part of the development you know just going out there being on the main roster show uh doesn't necessarily mean you're being called up immediately it's not like it used to be when you take him to main event so Vince would have a look. Triple H is already having a look at these guys. Like, he, he sees everything. So I think it's more just, all right, now now this is kind of the next step. How do you react in these bigger arenas with a crowd that don't really know who you are? How are you going to connect to them? So I think it's smart and definitely makes that uh, main event show a little bit more interesting if you like kind of your uh, the shoulder programming um, rather than just putting two of your kind of jobbers on raw out there whatever so yeah sounds interesting well shall we get into it nxt from november 16th 2022 live from the capital wrestling center and we open right away with the nxt championship match bron breaker defending the title against the big von wagner with mr stone in his corner and bron just goes after stone right away to try and get him out of there um, he's running the ropes. There's a nice slide through from Bron into this uh, shoulder block, and then a big back body drop, which was pretty impressive on the on the bigger Von Wagner. And then Bron catches him with a beautiful Frankenstein,er uh, followed by this delayed vertical. Again, impressive, just the strength here, being able to hoist Von up for that a length of time. Um, this way, commentary let us know that there's only three men who have held the NXT title uh, longer than Bron in combined reigns. Uh, I would imagine that's Adam Cole, Finn Balor, and would it be Neville or Champa? I guess. I don't know. I'm, maybe Champa, maybe Shinsuke. Oh. I don't know. Does Shinsuke have a long reign? Oh, he had it a while, yeah. Who... But Braun definitely uh, could be challenging uh, Cole for the longest kind of combined reign as well uh, soon. Um, after the commercial break, Wagner is in control. He's throwing Braun against the, the steps. Choke slams him on the steps, which brings a holy shit chant from this audience. 
Uh, there's then a nice looking double underhook suplex from Vaughn. Throws Braun into the sort corner, hits another back suplex. It's all Vaughn at this point dominating. Uh, there's a Braun comes back with a huge clothesline off the top rope. Now he's firing up with his shoulder blocks and the catching spine buster, followed by the bulldog off the top rope. Uh, goes for the spear, but gets caught by Vaughn's Death Valley driver for a great near fall here for a two count. And this is where Vaughn gets into the ref's face. And I'm pretty sure he he says, like, what the fuck here? Because it's it's censored. Um, and then you just get this great shot of Bron raising, like rising up behind him as Von turns around. He shoves Mr. Stone off the apron, turns around. Von goes for the military press, uh, like power slam, but Bron sorry, Wagner slips out, but then caught by the spear by Von Wagner to retain the match, uh, retain the title in what I thought was a a pretty fun opening match and and probably the the best von wagner match i would say no this match is really good like i said this is like this is like the type of big man match you have like yeah bron's like the not the biggest guy but he's, he's a big guy compared to most of the other people on the roster uh shout out to mr stone's uh suit it gave me like ted dibiase million dollar mm. man vibes so that was cool um but yeah like a lot of cool spots here like you said like the frankensteiner from braun uh when you're using the steel steps for the choke slams and everything i honestly feel like this might be a way to maybe write off von wagner um especially with him kind of like pushing off stone because he's mm. been appearing on main event without stone so i don't think they want to keep that pair together and i feel like this might be um a way to like kind of write off wagner I, I did like how commentary brought up the fact that wagner is still upset at braun for not putting him on his team in war games last year i mean that's a pretty cool yeah like a callback to that um but yeah the match was really good probably one of wagner's uh, best matches he's had and braun continues to just get better and better but um yeah i wouldn't be surprised if we don't see wagner going forward mm -hmm. yeah th this is the kind of big lads wrestling i like it's it was like fast pace, athletic. It's not just two big guys lumbering around. Uh, and I, I, I thought Von did look good here. Um, and also just pretty impressive seeing that these two have both been on TV for about a year. They're, they're both pretty new to this. And a lot of, uh, well, all of bronze title defenses pretty much had been against, uh, more experienced wrestlers, uh, to kind of take them through. These are two guys who are pretty new and green. And I, I thought actually pretty impressive considering. Uh, like delivering a big title match for the length of time they did. Do you think we're going to get Wagner show up in a rumble? It's only two months away. That'd be a good way to debut. Yeah, you could do that. Have to give him the big man spot, like most eliminations and everyone gang up against him, perhaps. Yeah, that wouldn't be against that. We get a video from Alba Fire saying how she's uh, the, the thorn in her side has been toxic attraction. And that's what cost her the title last time. And but now she's taken them all out. So it's going to be one on one. Um, that's when we see JD McDonough, who kind of sarcastically congratulates Bron Breaker and sort of reminds him that he's he's like waiting in the wings, gonna go for that title again. Yeah, I, I couldn't understand what he said to him. I had to rewind it like three times. It sounded like he said, like, you'll never become like me or something, or then you'll never beat me. I couldn't understand what JD was trying to say to Bron, but obviously he was just pretty much saying, like, yeah, I'm next in line or whatever. We get a Zoe Stark promo. Uh, she comes out in her new heel gimmick says, my back feels lighter for ha not having to carry Nikita Lyons for another week. She says that she was out for nine months with an injury. And then when she came back, she tore through 19 women in that battle royal to face Mandy Rose. And after that match, she got called into a meeting. And that's where everything changed. She was told that they're holding a, a main roster tournament for the, uh, for the women's tag titles. And that they'd like her to team with Nikita to go for it. 
and says they could have picked more established teams like Hayden and Katana or Toxic Attraction, but they went for us. But unfortunately, after the Mandy Rose match, I wasn't medically cleared to wrestle. And Nikita looked me in the eyes and said, I'm not mad at you. Accidents happen. And she said that as if I'm the weak link. She goes on to say, I didn't get injured making silly workout videos on social media. I got injured wrestling one of the most dominant women here. And I carried Nikita Lyons. And all I asked her to do was take a fraction of the work to lighten the load. But she didn't. And we'd lose. I'd get endless apologies. And I was angry, but I'm not anymore. Because when I held those titles, I knew exactly what to do. We see the replay from last week where she lays out Nikita with the title belt. She says, the more I help people in the back there, the more they leech off of me. But now I'm a huge part of the problem. I didn't get famous by doing a stupid dance on social media. I busted my ass wrestling in this ring. And she tells the audience to, to go screw themselves. Says, you all, you all like those social media posts that Nikita Lyons does. You're the same people who look at her assets and fall asleep dreaming about her all night. Well, NXT is not about the future anymore. It's about Zoe Stark. I am deniable. I am the hunter. And everyone back there is the prey. Uh, thoughts on this, Sino? This is okay. I mean, I feel like she needs a little bit more work for her new hero persona. Um, I couldn't tell if the crowd was like just not into it or if they're just trying to play like, you know, boo, we don't like you because you're the bad guy. Um, but she has a very easy person, like an easy target to wrestle against with Nikita being like her first opponent because it's, it's kind of easy to pick on Nikita. I feel like like, yeah, you can say she just dances in her TikTok videos and just shows off her body when I'm the true wrestler. I'm the real wrestler. So it's like, depending on who you ask, like who's really the heel in this? Like some people might think Nikita's the heel, mm. um, but um, it was fine. Like I, I kind of like lost track with like between Nikita and um, and uh, Zoe Stark. Like I've always forget who's injured for what. Like she had <laughs> mentioned how she wasn't medically cleared for the tournament match, but I thought it was the other way around. And then like, I feel I think, like both one. Yeah, right? like yeah. They were both like one was legit injured and one wasn't. And I think now Nikita's injured like because I, I saw something on her socials I'm mm. just like it's very hard to keep track um but this should be an interesting uh feud I guess um if people think if you don't like Nikita now I actually went back uh because I'm reviewing uh women of wrestling on shot in the dark so I kind of went back to the last season just to kind of like get a little like freshen up on some characters or whatever and I actually was able to watch Nikita's like women of wrestling run where she was uh faith the lioness and she was actually a lot worse than she is now she was like lip syncing and dancing and <laughs> it was actually really bad so what the, this version of Nikita trust me it's a lot better than what it could have been from what i've seen before um but yeah this should be interesting i i just don't know if we're just gonna go straight to this this match or if nikita's legit hurt and we're just gonna wait for that um but yeah she just went, definitely needs a little bit more work um i don't know if you want to pair her up with somebody but i feel like her alone as a heel she might be a little lost i i did i didn't mind the promo i i thought this is the first time we've really seen zoe like not just i feel she normally just talks backstage or like in a in a produced video package this is the first time really her out there in the ring on her own i thought it it could have been trimmed a little obviously this was the time she got given but i i did find it a little bit repetitive uh i find i find social media such a kind of lame uh lame like excuse in a way um for a feud i i feel you could be doing something a bit more uh exciting than just oh you dance on tiktok it, it's pretty pretty easy stuff but um but yeah i i thought she sounded good had a good like confidence about her um i thought she had some good lines with the i'm the hunter and everyone back there is the prey 
um but maybe kind of try and come up with a few other things as well uh but not bad and and i think i i'd say keep her on her own to see if she can improve like get better at this uh i think it's definitely more interesting than just the bland baby face she was before and I did like the line about her being the hunter and Nikita being the prey because her being the lion, I guess it makes sense. They can kind of, you know, who knows? Maybe they're going to bring back, uh, what's his name? What was Adam Rose's uh, character? Leo Kruger? Bring him Leo back. Leo Kruger. Bring him back to be like the, the hunter. Put him with Nikita. <laughs> sure. Next, we go backstage to Andre Chase and Duke Hudson, uh, where they're in their Chase U office. And well, Andre's questioning Duke, why did you throw in the towel? Uh, everyone's kind of questioning Duke Hudson's loyalties. Did he do it because he wanted to see Andre Chase lose? And while well, Duke says, do you want the do you want the honest truth? Do you want me to tell you the truth? I saw you were in pain and you know nothing about quitting. You were never going to quit. But what if Charlie Dempsey permanently injured you? We need you here at Chase U. And if people say I don't care about this uni, that's not true because I bleed black and red. And that's when Thea Hale runs in to go over some papers with Andre Chase and Duke leaves and Thea says that he's grown on me. Um, yeah. Thoughts on this, this whole Chase U saga we have going on. And and is Duke, is Duke being honest? Has he turned over a new leaf? First of all, I don't know if it's like the dad of me with the corny dad jokes, but I loved how when Thea came in, she's like, Mr. Chase, you wanted to go over the paper? Like a little <laughs> Chase U joke there. Um I don't I, I kind of trust Duke. I mean, he says he bleeds black and red, man. Maybe maybe Thea, maybe she's the one. Maybe she's uh, the, oh. the bad person in all this, you know, a little swerve here. But I, I actually trust Duke here. I feel like, um, you know, what, what is he, what, what, what's his ultimate goal? Like, why would he want to screw over Andre Chase? He's just learning from the best here. So, um, yeah, I, I trust Duke. I think he's a good guy. Give him a chance. I, I kind of find it more interesting if he sticks Baby yeah. face here. I, I I quite like it. I I have been enjoying these Chase U stuff. So something just small and kind of lower mid card. I I think it's pretty entertaining. Um, but yeah, I I want to trust Duke. I do see him just screwing these guys over though. Yeah, it probably will happen. <laughs> uh, we're in the locker room with Bron Breaker and Apollo Cruz approaches him and says, "I came to NXT for one thing and one thing only, and that's the NXT title." So watch me out there tonight, because when one challenge ends, another begins. Um, so kind of making this Apollo Cruz, JD McDonough, a sort of unofficial number one contender match with both JD and Apollo saying they're going for that title. We go to Indusheer with their re-debut as a, as a tag team, Sanger and Via. Um, Sanger sporting uh, new gear. He's, he's ditched the kind of Braun Strowman like tank top and and combat pants he's now in more like traditional indian garb uh the same as veer um this is where vic joseph asks book he's like so book tell me about indashir what's the relationship between these two and you hear like crickets and then booker t basically says how the fuck should i know <laughs> i don't know anything <laughs> about these guys I, I, didn't, I didn't watch nxt before i I ain't watching Level Up. I don't pop into the PC. I know fucking nothing. They're big lads. Uh, just Vic completely sort of throwing Booker under the bus here, trying to just ask for something. Like Booker couldn't wing it. He's like, oh, they're, they're clearly two big lads and known, known each other the se- a long time or whatever. No, Book nothing. was just like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're against some enhancement talent here in George Cannon. And I don't think the other guy was ever identified. Do you, do you know who the other guy was? 
Yeah, actually, his uh, Ariel Dominguez. He's actually appeared on MLW. Um, he's been on NXT before. He actually, if you remember this one time, Cameron Grimes like randomly uh, fought somebody who he called Joey Pistachio. That was this oh, guy, okay. the same guy. So gotcha. him and Cannon actually both have appeared on NXT before uh, AW Dark. You know, just random guys that have been kind of jumping around here or there. Well, Sanger strings Cannon up on the top rope, followed by a big full Nelson slam. Uh, there's like a double freight train from Indusheer to Cannon. And uh, Cannon is trying to get to his corner to tag in uh, Joey Pistachio here, but Veer has his foot on his uh, foot on his foot to stop him from getting away. Uh, he then forces um, Cannon to kind of make the tag to his partner. Uh, there's another double freight train to this guy. Repeated scoop slams from Sanger, a big leaping standing elbow drop from Veer, and then like an assisted uh, like elbow drop. Uh, to the chest across the knee um, from Indusheer for the win here. Just just really a nothing kind of squash match here, but building these two up as as big kind of viable uh, challenges. Thoughts yeah, on the match? So but Booker T, you know, you might not know anything about Indusheer, but he definitely uh, can quote Sir Mix-a-Lot because he randomly just said like, double up, double up one time, just quoting Sir Mix-a-Lot here. Um, I did like the finisher. Like it was like the sidewalk slam, elbow drop combo. Mm. Uh, but I'll be honest, I, I already missed the old Sanga. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. it's like, he was so great. And then like, you like, I don't know why they, that's like the one, one of the highlights of 2.0, I think was like a character like that, where you just wouldn't see like this big Indian wrestler, like just be this, this like suave gentleman, you know, bringing uh, Valentina to yoga or whatever. So I kind of miss that. Yeah, me too. I, I do want to see this team work. I think Sanger has, has vastly improved. Uh, I do think he's one of the be better big men they've got in the company. Um, Veer, like I still haven't really seen enough from, cause he hasn't really been challenged with, long matches they've all been these kind of squash style um but it would be if if he's improved as well and and has that i like that these two big guys do have that kind of speed as well they're not just slowly pacing around like zombies so i can't not really enough from this match to tell how they are but i i hope they're uh they're better than their first run in nxt and yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see them staying on NXT for that long. To be honest with you, I think they're like a, a team that's probably ready to be on the main roster. I feel like they just put them in NXT just for now to kind of like get, get you know, readjusted with themselves mm. again after being separated for so long. But I can see them definitely being moved up, um, probably in, in the next six months or so. Veer then calls out the Creed brothers, uh, and he says, "We respect you. We respect you, but they don't respect us." And uh, Sanger says that in India we were treated with respect, but not here. And we will destroy the Creed Brothers to earn that respect. Um, we then go backstage to the Creed Brothers and, and they're watching this on the TV and they're like, no, we will destroy them. And this is where Ivy Nile says, look, you, you, you're done with Damon now, with Damon Kemp. He was the one that cost you the tag titles. You should go and focus on them. Focus on Pretty Deadly. And they're like, nah. First, we need to take Indusheer, and then we'll take on Pretty Deadly. So th this will truly be the the test for Indusheer. It's how they are against the Creed, who I think are a pretty pretty strong tag team at this point. Yeah, and the little amount of time they had on the mic, I actually liked them on the mic. Like, if you remember the first incarnation, they were with what Stokely Hathaway was yeah. like. Okay, for them, it's very similar to what to do with the Gates of Agony now in uh, AW, which is two brutes in the background that just roar. That's all they do. But instead, like you give um, Veer and and Sanger the mic, and they actually you know made a good point about how in India they're celebrities, everybody respects them, but mm. over here nobody appreciates us. So I actually like how you have these two monsters actually that could talk. Like that's a little different. We don't, I don't think we really see that. 
It is something I know uh, Shawn Michaels said in uh, on Corey Gray's podcast, like he wants these two to be a bit different from your standard big man tag team. He's like, I want them to be, you know, dressed in the suits. I want them to be eloquent and and speak well. And, and I thought they somewhat showed that today. Um, and yeah, it would be a, be a challenge for the Creeds as well up against a bigger team because uh, yeah. a lot of their their moves are kind of power power moves, suplexes and stuff. So it would be interesting to see how they do against a bigger team. And this is like not the first time where Julius is like the hot-headed, stubborn one. Because, you know, Ivy now made a good point. Like, yo, dude, you guys should be going after the tag titles. Why are you yeah. worried about these? You know, like, you could tell something's up. And like the way that Ivy now kind of walked away, you could tell like maybe she like, I don't know. Like, you could tell she wasn't really on the same page as, as Julius. So something's up mm. in Diamond Mind. Uh, and where's Roddy? Every week we're going to keep asking, where is Roddy? Last time we saw him, he was in a hospital uh, in, in a wheelchair. So hopefully he's okay. In a neck brace. Like that. Neck brace, yeah. That neck, yeah. Um. We go backstage to Wendy Chu, who calls Cora Jade a petulant child. And she said, all the things Jade has said about her is nothing new. She's heard that since high school. Uh, but she likes being wacky and weird. And she's going to give Cora two black eyes. Yeah, I, I I don't know. This is weird. Like, it's like she acts like it's very similar to how Bailey was, you know, when when in back in NXT where she was like acting like a, a not even a high school, but she was like a middle school, elementary school uh, kid, if even. But now like mm. Wendy's like a high school kid. It's like, oh, yeah, I was bullied for, you know, who I am and whatnot. It's like I understand like, yeah, these these wrestlers are young, but it's like don't act like you you're in high school. Like it's a little weird. So I hope that Wendy's somebody who does eventually shed uh, her gimmick. Um when she does get on the main roster like it's it's cute but it's like it shouldn't be like like where there's no like like where do you go from here like there's no you know no way you're gonna be an nxt women's champion with this gimmick i feel like yeah i feel we say this every time she's in a uh more serious feud it's like okay this is where she's she's got to learn what the hybrid version of her character is keep some of this like sleepy stuff but you know be a bit more of a serious competitor uh change the gear we, we see later with the tag match that um the dyad have ditched their kind of Mormon gear and they're back in their traditional wrestling gear. We saw that with Joe Gacy last week. It'll be interesting to see if they do that with Wendy Chu as well. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a big thing that that Hunter really wants to hit home. Like even with Akira Tozawa, he had a match on Raw that after he tweeted out like his gear. So I figured he's just going to get rid of that and go back to traditional gear. Mm. I feel like the same thing will happen with Wendy. We saw that one match. I forgot which match it was. It was like a hardcore match where she kind of like half took off the the onesie and kind of had like more traditional gear under it. Yeah. So yeah. I think she needs to like find the like you said like a a middle point where it's like you can transition out of that when you're it's time to get serious. We go to JD McDonough versus Apollo Cruz uh in a in a pretty pretty strong match here. Um there's some nice chain wrestling between the two to start with. They're trading arm drags. Clearly been watching uh Randy Savage versus Ricky Steamboat ahead of our best match ever, Randy Savage. Um McDonough is then kind of running away from Cruz. It goes to the outside. So Apollo goes for a moonsault off the apron. He goes over JD's head and then just tosses his like toss power bomb almost to JD McDonough onto the announce table. Um, he then follows up with a moonsault to the floor to the standing JD, rolls him in the ring, hits the stinger splash in the corner, followed by a tiger driver, and then hoists McDonough up again into a liger bomb, which I thought looked really nice. They're then fighting on top, and Apollo hits an avalanche Olympic slam, which looked great. They have a chop exchange. Uh, Apollo goes for the vertical suplex, but JD counters this into a small cradle. And now they're doing the thing where they're both in the cradle and they're rolling back and forth with pin attempts. Uh, JD catches Cruz with this Spanish fly from out of nowhere, 
goes to the devil inside, but Apollo meets him with a knee to the jaw. JD comes back with a headbutt and a sunset flip for a two count and then goes up to the top, goes to the moonsault, but, uh, but sorry, uh, Apollo moves. JD lands on his feet, but runs straight into a big one-handed spine buster from Cruz for the win. Um, and it looks like this is setting up Bron versus uh, versus Apollo Cruz here. But I thought another great like TV match from McDonough, who is is kind of becoming the the sort of in ring work MVP at NXT at the moment because he's just been putting really solid matches uh, on on NXT every week. And I, I thought this was the the best they've done with Apollo Cruz since he's come back as well. Now, for sure, this is probably like one of the best matches Cruz has had in a long time. And as far as I know, this is the first time him and JD have gone one on one. So it's like to see them have that instant chemistry is, is really saying something. But yeah, some great like the Olympic slam off the top rope was great. That standing Spanish fly. Um, that finisher was a little weird from Apollo. Like, mm. I feel like he wasn't like what he maybe was trying to do, but it kind of like looked a little awkward. It kind of came out of nowhere. But the whole match itself was was fantastic. I, I love this match. Um, I don't know if this necessarily means like we're getting to it. I, later with the announcement for deadline mm-hmm. i don't think they're gonna have room for title matches at deadline um maybe you both you put both of these guys in the actual um with the iron survival challenge match mm-hmm. maybe um but I, I would definitely like like to see apollo and and braun one-on-one again at some point yeah yeah absolutely um i i, I do find it a little odd putting jd mcdonough in this in this match to start with kind of in this picture because i think they've done a great job kind of rehabbing him since the title loss and having this kind of gimmick almost like penta used to do with the arm breaking in in lucha underground that they've kind of given that with jd where he's running through these people and injuring them um a little odd to kind of book this match to kind of stop that momentum a little bit but uh but nonetheless i i thought this was a very very short uh strong showing from the two and after the match, Bron just kind of stares down Apollo. So kind of setting that up, whether that be at a uh, deadline or uh, or on TV before then. Um, we then go backstage to Mandy Rose, who is dressed as Nikki Bella. Is she not? Yeah, I I, I feel like that might be by design because the yeah. promo that she that she did here was saying how like she's not, you know, not respected and this and that. So I feel like this might have been um on purpose. Cause yeah, the first thing you see the backwards hat and, and the red and black, and you think Nikki Bella, right? So I think she did that with a purpose. She even had like the long red socks and all that, yep. like it very, very Nikki Bella vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh and and slowly getting more and more blonde every week, it looks. Um yeah. maybe getting her ready for that main roster run again as a as a blonde. Um, but she says everyone needs to open their ears. I've heard every single line there is that Mandy isn't ready. Mandy can't wrestle. Mandy can't carry the title. I've heard every cliche. And yet I am still here as NXT women's champion. I'm a one in a billion superstar and with or without my girls, I will still be NXT women's champion. Any, any thought? No, Yeah, I mean, nothing really like, like, (laughs) It's it's interesting that they're kind of giving her like this spotlight without the other girls. As far as mm. I know, they're not injured. They're just purposely trying to keep them off TV, probably for this match. Um, but yeah, it's I think you're right. I think she is getting ready for that main roster, maybe as soon as um as the rumble. I'm sure she could, if not drop the title at deadline, possibly like right before then. Um, but yeah, she's she doesn't really need to be here anymore. It's like I think I think it's just more about finding the right person to take the title off of her than her move, you know, not being ready to move up. That that's the problem right now. No one, no babyface seems in a real good 
position for her right now. Roxanne is certainly someone you could you could build up for that, but it seems like they're going the Indy Hartwell route with her. So yeah, not not entirely sure what's next for Mandy. Um, we go backstage to Javier Bernal, who says he's had a lot on his mind and uh, he needs to start seizing the opportunity. And instead of people uh, being selected for him for his opponents, he's going to pick his opponents. So he's like, Axiom, you and I, let's have a match. You're fantastic. Uh, we'll have a great match. And this is where Mackenzie reminds him that Axiom is actually not medically cleared. It's like, what? Well, okay, in that case, how about the the former NXT UK champion, Ilya Dragunov? And Mandy reminds him that uh, he's actually in Germany rehabbing his injuries since the McDonough match. He's like, ah, well, yeah, of course he'd, he'd run away from Germ- to Germany, scared of facing me. And then he says, well, how about one of those big lads, Gallus? I'll take on anyone from Gallus. So Mackenzie tells him, hey, remember, they're suspended right now and can't wrestle which i had completely forgotten about to be honest um (laughs) so uh, javier is mad here and just says mackenzie is the problem and she's holding him down uh i i actually thought he was pretty funny and i think this guy's actually growing on me i think he does have something on the mic and i thought calling out everyone who's injured or or suspended i i found pretty funny I love this. I thought this was great. And I, I've been watching more Javier than most people from Level Up. I feel like that's where he was getting a lot of his, his mic work in um, with the whole like Hank Walker thing, kind of messing with his security. But this is great. First, he has this really sick black and white rose shirt on that looked great. And then like, yeah, he's like going through all these people that like you didn't realize, like you said, I, I didn't realize that that Dragonall was injured in Germany and I didn't realize Gallus was still suspended. He even did like the Gallus pose, like when he like called him yeah. out. It's He's very good on the mic. He's very good. Um, but I, I I think this is going to lead to my prediction is next week, whoever this uh, scripts person is, I think it's going to be the person that kind of uh, fights him. He, I can see like Javier being in the ring, still talking trash like always. And then we see the the debut of scripts to uh, to fight him. All right. Any I, I guess we'll get scripts a bit later. Yeah, uh, we we go to the North American Championship contract signing with Booker T hosting. Uh, Carmelo Hayes comes out wearing a, a beautiful purple suit with no shirt. He's wearing his glasses. Both him and Trick look fantastic. Yeah, I was going to suggest you and Braden should dress like this. Trick the, and Mello? Uh, <laughs> yeah, for the for uh, in Newark, just dress up like Trick <laughs> and Mello with the suits on, with no shirts underneath. Oh yeah, it's it's maybe a bit cold for that right now. Um, Book says you're on the precipice of being a three time champion, but says that Wesley will go to the limit to defend that title. And Mello says, but your limit is where I start. But next week, the best part of your life and the worst part of mine will be over and it will be your first and last title defense. Uh, Wes says that everyone knows how hard it was for him to get to this spot and he earned this and he wouldn't believe a year ago that he'd be a singles champion, but he will risk everything to defend this championship and your attitude and your confidence is going to be your downfall. This is where both sign the contract and then Trick kind of gets a little dig in and says, how it, how does it feel after you had your head slammed by that locker? Wes tells him to shut up and it gets heated. He says it's between me and Mello. And Booker T says, this ain't going to happen tonight. No one is fighting. No one is going through a table. We're not doing any of that. Save the drama for your mama. Save it next week. Can you dig that, sucker? Hey, give it up to Booker T. You should have him officiate every single contract signing for no for now on. This is the first one where nobody got put through a table, right? He's so like, like, none of that shit. We ain't doing that. 
I, I think this is great. I think Booker T is a lot better in this than on commentary, obviously. 100%. They did, I, I, I don't have they ever called him this before, but when Wesley came out, they I don't know if it was Booker or Vic mentioned, nicknamed him the Cardiac Kid. Is that something that they've used before? I I think I think they said that in his last match. I, I seem to gotcha. remember they bring it up, but it's I mean, it's pretty card- new. Yeah. Yeah, cardiac means heart, obviously. But when you hear it, it's like kind of throws you off like cardiac kid. That's a little like interesting nickname to use on him. Yeah. But that's that's something different. It's like it's like he can go forever. He's yeah. he's got the stamina, got the cardio. But, um, um, but but Booker was great here. I mean, they were all all they were all great. Even even Trick like kept like butting in. He just like Booker's facials where he just looks at Trick like stop interrupting me. Like that was great. Mm. And then he just like says, "Oh, shucky ducky quack quack, let's get this contract signed." And like I don't know, I, I love Booker here. Um, the one line from Carmelo where he's like, "I'm gonna first forty eight you." Do you know what that means? Forty eight. Yeah, like I'm gonna murder. You. Like a, I'm gonna yeah, kill like you. no. Yeah, pretty much. Up. Like the first 48 is like a like a murder term, I guess. But right. um, yeah, how Booker T just kind of stopped him and was like, Yeah, save the drama for your mom. I thought it was great. And I'm really looking forward to this match. Um, Carmelo, I don't think needs to win this title. It's like no. I feel like every time you think he's out of the North American scene, somehow he puts himself back in it. Um, but I can see him losing this match next week and then just going into this uh match for deadline. This is uh this is next week, yeah. This match. Yeah, yeah. next week they announced this as well as the Wendy Chu and uh Cora Jade. Right. Yeah, really looking forward to this. I, I think both guys are, are fantastic and will gel really well in the ring. Uh, I'm with you. I think it's time for Melo to move away from this this title um, and be a be eventually a challenger for Bron. And I'd say if if you're not going to move him up right away, I'd put the I'd put the main title on Melo for sure. Um, we go to another Dijakovic video, or just just. Sorry, just knock my mic over. Uh, yeah, just digest. Yeah, so excited. Uh, he's drinking whiskey and he says, give me the truth or I will beat it out of you. He calls NXT a soft society, but that will soon change and hard justice is on the way. Yeah, this this promo, like it's I'm trying to understand like what his gimmick is. To me, it sounds like like an old 90s Steven Seagal movie. It's like hard justice and this and that. It sounds very like Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like your typical like 90s, late 80s, like action film. Even like when you see him in the background, he's got like shades on, he's drinking like his uh whiskey or whatever it is. It's like your, it's your like, super villain, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just like like I mean, I just want to see him wrestle at this point. I don't really care yeah. what it is, but I, I hope it's not like a really wacky gimmick. Just just be yourself, I guess, but who knows? I guess we're going to find out, but yeah. Yeah, I I can't say it's really progressing, these videos. It's not really giving us more of a sense of who he is. And we all know it's Dijak, so I... I, I feel just just debut him at this point. I These have kind of run its course. We know he's coming back. Uh, just just bring him back. How would you introduce him? Would you have him be the person that stops like um, Javier, or would you have just put him into the, uh, the the deadline main event, the five-man main event? Yeah, you, you could put him in the in the five-way, for sure. Um, it's it's whether you unless you want to put him in a, a singles match that he can get a big win and and be like strong off the bat. Um yeah, it's I, I'm looking for I think this guy's a, a great wrestler. Um and and I'm looking forward to seeing him again. He's definitely been misused and, and he's someone like always confused me. It's like Vince loves big foreigners, like big evil foreigners, like how how you just gave Dijak all this shit on the main roster when he's as good as he is 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 baffling and all the matchups that you have here are all going to be fresh like him against Braun him against Apollo him yeah. against you know like JD like these are all going to be good matches I'm looking forward to his run we're backstage with Malik Blade and Idris Anofe and Odyssey Jones asks the kind of the addresses the elephant in the room he's like yo Malik what's with the sweater vest 
And Malik goes into this story about how his dad was a pastor and uh, the like the religious kind, not the not the Italian kind of pastor. Um, and he says that he would his dad always used to go to this this store, which would sell these these shirts and sweaters with the wackiest patterns. And one day he bought me a sweater vest. Well, now my dad is dead. So I do it for him. I wear it for him. Um, I <laughs> I don't really think we needed an explanation for the sweater do you, vest. Do you and believe this story? Do you think do you think this is this is like for real? Like we're just made it up? Just <laughs> I mean, like great, sure. Like you're doing it to to honor your dad or or whatever. But just Malik's delivery here was so weak. He's like happy, 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 and then I'm sad because my dad <laughs> passed away, and I it it felt it it felt pretty weak to me. I I don't think. A story behind a sweater vest it, it's something you can just have vic explain on commentary you know oh that this guy wears the sweater vest in in memory of his father who who bought him one as a kid cool unless to unless dedicate a to segment this. to it was a bit weird maybe there's more to this maybe they're gonna feud with like the schism and you're just gonna see this this video of the schism uh burning uh malik blade's attic full of vests and you're gonna see malik just kind of like no my vest hmm. um I was hoping when, when Odyssey say, hey, what's up with your vest? I wanted Malik to be like, yeah, what's up with your flannel hat that you're wearing? Like, that's not, <laughs> you know, like, you know, so I don't know. This is interesting. I feel like they they randomly just threw this in for no reason. I feel like there, there's more to it. I think we're going to see the burning of the vest. I feel like either I hope it's not like Idris turning on him, but I, I feel like somebody like a schism um, can definitely uh, burn a, an attic full of vests. As silly as that sounds, <sighs> I can see that happening. Oh, boy. OK, uh, so <laughs> look forward to that. Sweater vests. We go uh, talking of schism. They come out the dyad to take on Briggs and Jensen, and yeah, dyad uh, Jagger Reed and Rip Fowler in their old ring gear here. A couple of changes, like the the smiley face on the knee pad. It this was a lot better. Is than what such before. an improvement, one hundred percent. Schism definitely like the the kind of retooling of them since Ava Rain joining. It's it's definitely for the positive. Just little things like wearing ring gear. It makes me take you so much more seriously not for sure like i i loved it like i i was hoping this because i know last week when joe gacy like had the new gear they were still wearing their old stuff so i was scared that they were gonna keep that but no they fully went um the full wrestling gear route so i'm totally for it thank you just keep shedding whatever stink from the schism uh maybe don't have them burn malik blades fast now that i think <laughs> about it just don't, don't do that don't do that we get quick tags from Briggs and Jensen isolating uh, Jagger Reed. Uh, they do their their kind of slide under the bottom rope, double punch to the face. And as Ava Rain distracts, uh, distracts, I think it's Malik here, Jagger Reed comes out with a huge tope suicida taking out, uh, sorry, distracting uh, Jensen here. Jagger Reed hits the tope suicida to Jensen, uh, which looked pretty, was timed pretty nicely with the distraction. Uh, this allows dyad to double team briggs and jensen uh but briggs comes in starts delivering big boots he does uh his the, i think this is the best move he's got on the outside where he just throws i think it was drake here uh against the the ropes so he bounces back into a clothesline we saw well, him do this the other week it it looks great it's funny you say that because earlier on in the match, Booker T had mentioned how he likes Josh Briggs, but then when he was talking about like one of his moves, people were saying that he stole it from somebody. And I like I had no idea what he was talking about. And then when he did this move to Drake, Booker's like, that's the move, that's the move right there. And I'm thinking to myself, who did that move? And I did a little research, and it was actually JD Drake. Um, 
down in uh, AEW, but I guess when they were in, in Evolve or whatever together. Oh, so okay. J- I guess JD Drake recently said how not only did um Josh Briggs steal this move, but as well as Angelo Dawkins has been doing the same move. So he kind of accused both of them of stealing this move from him, which is funny because all three of these guys were wrestling in Evolve at the same time. Yeah. So you would think there would be some sort of communication of like, hey, can I use your move? But JD Drake seemed really upset about it. And uh, ironically, he used it on the other Drake. So it was like really interesting here. Um, But yeah, I, I guess. And JD Booker Drake, brought this up. Booker did bring it up. He brought the fact that people were pointing out um, that he stole this move and Booker was kind of like, you know, he was like, oh, whatever. This is wrestling. This is what we do. So, you know, he defended his own boy here in Briggs. So he knows about that, but doesn't have a clue who Indusheer Yeah, yeah. He cool, doesn't want to cool, look up cool, Indusheer, cool. but, but he'll, he'll, he'll be <laughs> tweeting with JD Drake on Twitter instead. We get a, a side slam and a big splash from Briggs. And this is where uh, Kiana James comes out and she tries to punch Fallon Henley in the face, but Fallon ducks and then Kiana goes flying into Jensen's arms. So he's like, whoa, pretty girl in my arms. What's going on? But this unfortunately allows Dyad to hit a double code breaker to Briggs to pick up the win here. Yeah, good match. Um, you know, I didn't expect anything extravagant out of these two teams. But it was, like I said, it was good to see the Dyad or the Schism in regular gear. Um, you know, the story continues with, with Kiana James and Fallon Henley. And you even had Kiana fall into the arms of uh jensen there and of course he doesn't know how to you know do what a, a girl's near him of course um interesting what to do with kiana she's like the only person that's been like um consistently appearing on main event like every week it's always somebody new but then kiana's always there i think she fights asuka next week so it's like they definitely see high hopes for kiana so i'm not sure what's going to happen with her in nxt if she's gonna sell all her property or whatever but um yeah it should be interesting uh obviously we're gonna get some sort of um maybe a six person match. I don't know who you put Kiana with Mm. or just do Kiana versus Fallon one-on-one. Well, maybe she's touring with main event to scout other properties she could buy from all Mm. over the country. Cause there's, there's only, there's only so much in Florida. She's got to go to her, her other States and cities. You actually read about that. Yeah. She's going from state to state to try to get some more property. It's very smart. I like that. This is where Shawn Michaels then announces a new match at deadline uh i think this was fightful reported uh yesterday that there are talks of this this iron survivor being trademarked and it looks like it was going to be a match and yeah sure this was what was announced it's there's going to be two iron survivor challenges one for the men and one for the women and they're 25 minute matches where every five minutes a new competitor will enter until there's five people in the ring and then it's kind of Iron Man style. So you win a point for every uh, pinfall, submission, count out, well, no count out, but disqualification you get, which is interesting because it, it, normally multi-person matches, it's no DQ, but here they did specifically mention you'll lose a point via DQ. Yeah. And once you've been pinned or DQ'd or submitted, you go into a penalty box, one of their shark cages, for 90 seconds um and he says the competitors will be announced next week this seems to be in replacement of uh war games which has traditionally been around this time of year on nxt uh they're kind of debuting this iron survivor thing it's kind of similar to one of the match types Rain and i play on 2k quite a lot but uh yeah thoughts on this 
Yeah, I mean, I'm always up for for new ideas. Obviously, we have to see the execution of it and how and how it actually like plays on TV. I do like how Shawn Michaels introduced it because he does have like the Iron Man history, I guess. So you do have that like part in it. 25 minutes, I think, is a is a good amount of time for them to do it. So I mean, those two matches alone is going to be like an hour of the show. So that you know, you, I don't see too deep of a card besides this. Um, the pe- the penalty box thing is a little TNA for me. I know they had like what the King of the Mountain, where you like whenever you like lose or whatever, you get put mm. in, a, in a penalty box. And that was a little interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm curious about this. Uh, I have to see how it works on TV, but it definitely like gives me like elimination chamber vibes um, with the countdown and everything. So uh, yeah, we got to see how, how it works on TV, but um, yeah, it sounds pretty interesting. Pretty cool. I think what's interesting and what they could play with is how uh, entering last can be a disadvantage for you because uh, the last person to enter will be, there will only be what, like five, 10 minutes left of the match. Well, so the yeah, others did, did- did they specify that you can't start painting until all five people are in? They didn't. No, mm, they didn't specify. Okay. So I, I think that's okay. that could be interesting because you can have someone come in uh, with like zero points when someone else is right. maybe on two, three falls already. Gotta catch um, up, yeah. Also didn't announce whether this is going to be for the title. Could you see with them doing a men's and a women's, do you think they'll put uh, like Braun and Mandy in this? No, so they said the winners will become the number one contenders. So you oh, okay. champions are not in this. Yeah, so it's going to be five you. non-champions. So I don't even know if there's going to be time for the... I mean, I guess you could throw in like a Braun versus Apollo maybe, but I don't see like the titles being defended. And then they also didn't say if this is... I don't think it's going to be like a money in the bank situation where you can just cash in whatever you want. I think it's going to be like you're the number one contender. You know, they, here's your match or whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't think the champions are going to be in it as far as what I heard. Um, so I would. I don't think they should be in it, honestly. I think you should give the spotlight to other people and then have like, I don't know, Mandy versus somebody and then Braun versus Apollo. And there's maybe one more short like tag team match. And that could be your whole card right there. So I could see for the women, what would it be? Uh, Roxanne, Cora, Indy, uh, maybe Wendy. Wendy Chu. uh, Who would your fifth be? Um, Zoe or or is Zoe and Nikita probably going to have a singles maybe? Or you could put both of them in there instead of Wendy. You can yep. put both of them in there, yeah. And then men, would you do Carmelo, who JD. Carmelo, JD, Vaughn, um, Dijak, maybe. If, if yeah, he's... yeah, I, I'm interested. It could be a bit convoluted, maybe, but we'll we'll see how it plays out. And I'm all for trying new things for sure. This is the type of match where like it'll be fun to watch, but if you try to like cover it and write notes, it's going to be like very yeah, hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we go to our next match, Indy Hartwell taking on Tatum Paxley. Um, right before the match starts, the lights flicker. We've seen this the last few weeks. Uh, there are some drop kicks from Tatum. Uh, there's an Indy wrestling chant for Indy Hartwell. Uh, Tatum flips over Indy, but eats a clothesline. Uh, and now Indy just showing off that kind of mean edge she's developed over the last few weeks with punches and pulling of the hair. There's a standing twisting senton from Paxley. And this is where Indy pulls the mask off of Tatum, throws it at Ivy Nile on the outside and delivers her elbow to the back of the head to pick up the win here. So a little bit of a dirty finish here. And Indy after the match staring down Ivy Nile, who I assume will be facing her probably next. Yeah, unfortunately, a little bit of a sloppy finish too. Like she took off Tatum's max, then she kind of like tripped over her a little bit. And I feel like when she went for, I guess it was supposed to be like a forearm to the back of the head. I feel like Tatum maybe fell a little bit too early. So it could look a little bit sloppy at the end, but you know, it did what it needed to do. And that's make Andy just seem strong and more vicious now. Yeah, I, I think she could go further with it. Uh, I think maybe they're playing that she isn't full heel yet, but is just developing this edge. Uh, 
I, I'm not completely buying it right now. Um, I mean, I, I can think... definitely see her being the first challenger. If if Rock Roxanne does become NXT champion, I could see Indy being her first challenger. So I don't know how you do that. I don't know if you have Roxanne win this um Iron Iron Survivor Challenge match or or whatnot, but I can definitely see her and Indy having a a feud after that. So after the match backstage, Roxanne Perez congratulates Indy on her win, but asks if it's too far taking off the mask. And uh, Indy says she'll do anything she can do to get into that Iron Survivor, even if it means breaking a nose. Um, she'll do that. So Indy kind of stopping at nothing to be um, to be in this match. So it, it does look like these two will probably be uh, in that five way. So I was thinking, so let's just say Roxanne does win this match at deadline and the the Rumble is going to be in Texas, if I'm not mistaken, in January, which mm. is Roxanne's like home state, whatever. I don't know if they still do it, but I know sometimes they would tape access for Rumble. They definitely do it for Mania, obviously. So I don't know if they're going to do it this year for, for the Rumble, but if they do, I would have them tape a couple episodes of NXT at you know, in Texas, if possible, and have that be where where she wins the title, because I think that'd be a pretty mm. cool moment for her. And Booker T is there for the call. So it kind of it all kind of like makes sense, I think, to have to happen there. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they've already announced Stand and Deliver is uh, I, I have a feeling they're just going to be keeping with those um, those kind of WrestleMania weekend ones in the arena and then keeping everything else in the studio. Right, But I'm saying like instead of having like your weekly NXTs, like if, if possible to tape like like an episode or two, like on the road, if if it's possible, sure. who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, we also had another scripts promo. I believe you've yes. You've can, got I, this can, one I read, can I read? Can I read? Yeah, this? go for it. I'm, I'm I'm excited here. Okay, I'm gonna do my best uh, scripts impersonation. <clears throat> your cameras couldn't catch me. I got past your guards with ease. Now that I'm here, everything after this will only be a breeze because I'm fast as lightning, smarter than you think. Moves are incredible. You miss it if you blink. Next week you will see that you and I aren't the same. So tell me who's first to play a little game. Sincerely, Scripps. So after this, it has to be Breezango, right? It's always Breezango, especially with the little Breeze mention. Okay. It's got to be them. Because <laughs> I feel yeah. like in the past, they've always hyped up something and it always ends up being Breezango. And as far as that, I know, Well, that was the running joke, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. so why not? Just do it again. Uh, I mean, as far as I know, both these guys aren't. Uh, signed anywhere breeze hasn't been doing anything mm. um fandango's been popping up on like impact and nwa but as far as i know they're not contracted anywhere so yeah why not have this be the return of a uh, breeze angle after all these weeks of uh calling the performance center i i'd be okay with that i i quite enjoy breeze angle and I, I think you need a few more teams in this tag division um it was if if that is the case it's very on the nose saying yeah. breeze, breeze and yeah. Uh, whether this is a kind of gimmick change for them, they're doing less of like the the stripper cops. But the the thing that kind of put me off that is saying like what faster than lightning and all that. I don't really consider mm. Breeze or Fandango as kind of uh, cruiserweights at all, True. which is kind of what they were uh, kind of suggesting here. So. I, Unless it there... could be Breeze by himself, not that he's like fast by himself, but maybe it's a sim solo. But who, I mean, who else could it? I'm trying to think because in the past they have mentioned like how their like their name rings bells in the hall. So it's definitely somebody who has a lot of history with NXT um, from the beginning. Wasn't uh, wasn't Kalisto at the PC this week? Ooh, uh, I didn't know that. Okay, I I think I I think I read that somewhere. He was doing some kind of um, training or whatever there. So I wouldn't be surprised because he's I someone other... with history and and obviously yeah. a high flyer maybe because grandma talik and um lindsay dorado have been teaming up like 
together since they got released. But as far they never really team up with Kalisto. He's always kind of been doing his own thing. Um, so yeah, I can see that. I don't know if he's is he that big of a name that will actually like make an impact. Like, is he gonna go through a gimmick change and be like <sighs> scripts the luchador? Like <laughs> Or what about like a Leo Rush? What's Leo Rush doing at the moment? Uh, he's in the. New Is he Japan, retired? Uh, no, oh yeah, okay. He's part of the the, ju- the junior tag league. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there's other names out there we just totally forgot about. There's so many people were released in the last two years. Yeah. That I'm sure there's somebody out there that uh that we can. Blake think Christian. Of. Yeah, I don't know. But you know what's funny about Blake Christian? I was reading. I think Andrew Thompson put up the uh the interview on um on Post Wrestling how he had a gimmick that um he was transitioning into and then triple h said no and they gave the gimmick to somebody else and without saying it my first thought was it has to be axiom right because mm. like he was kind of doing this whole superhero thing uh and then all of a sudden you have a mask luchador so i feel like after all these attempts you try with adrian neville you try with trey baxter they finally gave a superhero gimmick to axiom so, yeah yeah who knows maybe it's play christian you're right maybe maybe we'll see uh at up next podcast who do you think is scripts And that leads us to our main event. It's for the NXT Women's Championship, a last woman standing match. Mandy Rose defending against Alba Fire. Uh, Mandy bells the outside pretty much immediately and says she's the champ, so she makes the rules. But Fire goes right after her, goes for the gory bomb on the table, but Mandy escapes. Uh, Fire is now just throwing Mandy around, throwing her against a barricade. Starts to get some weapons, but takes a little too long here. Because this allows Mandy to come back and slam her on top of one of the steel chairs on the floor. Uh, In the ring, Mandy goes for her rose trigger, but Alba gets the chair up, so she knees the chair. And now Alba starts attacking the knee using a pipe to kind of apply the submission. Uh, Delivers a tornado DDT, and Mandy again bails to the outside, uh, allowing Fire to just run, leap up to the top rope, and hit this swanton to the floor. Uh, which I thought looked looked really impressive. Just it's like the Kurt Angle running up the turnbuckle thing, but into a swanton. I thought it looked really nice. Then Mandy starts slamming fire with the ladder and goes onto the ape. Uh, sorry, on the barricade, jumps off the barricade, but is met with a super kick from Alba Fire, followed by the gory bomb on the apron, and then she sets Mandy up on top of the announce table as she climbs the ladder. Looks like she's going to elbow drop Mandy through the table. But this is when the witch, Isla Dawn, appears from nowhere on this ladder and mists Alba Fire in the eyes and pushes her through the table, um, allowing Mandy to still be your NXT Women's Champion. Yeah, I, I didn't hear about her like showing up in NXT. I know she did maybe like a house show or two, so I knew she was still employed by WWE, but I didn't expect her to show up in this match. Um, you know, let alone in the finish. So yeah, that was it was interesting development here. Um, the match was okay, I feel like, but I, I just want to move away from from Alba Fire and and Mandy Rose at this point. Um, so now hopefully with with Isla Dawn here, you can have her and um, you know, Alba Fire go at it. You know, Scott Scottish versus Scottish have their feud while Mandy uh, hopefully moves on to somebody uh, better. Yeah, Isla Dawn seemed to have a bit of a new look here as well. Um, she she actually, I thought it was Gigi to start with because mm, kind of yeah. her hair is styled a bit differently. It's, uh, I think she used to have it pretty like straight, but it's like, it's a bit bigger now. It She kind of had a, a bit of a toxic attraction look here. So I wonder if she's going to be like a third member or if she's just going to be her own thing. And this was just her trying to take out uh, Alba Fire. 
Yeah, I wouldn't put her with with Toxic. I, I mean, based on what she's been doing in NXT UK, what she did there, I don't see her character fitting at all. With Toxic Attraction, unless she goes through a total different, um, you know, different gimmick or whatever. One thing I did notice was, it actually sparked an idea in my head. When she was on top of the ladder and and the show ended, the, the light flickered again. Um, so my first thought was, hmm, is somebody is scripts connected to her? And my first thought was, who else is Scottish? And Noam Dar popped in my head. Because he's okay. one of the few people that wasn't released from NXT UK. And he kind of fits the whole lightning uh, okay. fast cru- cruise away thing. Hmm. So maybe he debuts next week and maybe you kind of pair them together. Put Noam and, and Isla Dawn as like this, I don't know, power couple or whatever uh, coming to take over. I, I did take this this light flickering thing as I thought this was confirming that it's Isla Dawn who's been flickering the lights Oh, here. you think so? Yeah. Okay. And I, so I'm trying to get the scripts? Okay. Well, I'm trying to think back because... I'm trying to think of the times when this light flickering's happened, and I'm pretty sure it's only been in women's matches because we right, had it happened in, during the end. We had match, in the women's yeah. match today, so that I, I thought this because it was a sustained amount of time as as it was focusing on Isla with this light flickering. So I think maybe yeah. it's been her doing that. There, there, there's too many like 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 spooky things happen at the same time. You got this. There's you got a lot the scripts, going on. You got the Dijakovic. You got the stuff with the Bray Wyatt. Like there's too, way too many things happening. Yeah, uh, I thought the match was fine. I, I think the kind of WWE plunder matches, they're very predictable. There's there's not real much, especially in NXT, innovation of what you're doing with these weapons. Um, so I I haven't really enjoyed these two, uh, their feud or their matches, to be honest. Um, and I, I'm ready for... You can have Albafire now paired up with Isla Dawn and you can start building a, a credible challenger for Mandy and move on to something else. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. Like, if they do have Mandy defend the title at a deadline, who does she fight? Like, there's nobody else that's like ready, and everybody else is gonna mm. be in this this deadline match, this uh Iron Survivor match. So maybe just maybe just don't put that match on the card. You know, it's like I said, the two the two matches are gonna be 25 minutes each. Maybe you just don't have time for a, a women's title match. Yeah, is there much history between Isla and uh, Albafire they... from NXT UK? Like, is this like a like they've done with Ilya and JD, where they've kind of just picked up yeah, that rivalry? They... Yeah, they definitely had matches. They didn't have like a blood feud or anything in NXT UK, but they definitely fought there. And like I said, they have the Scottish connection. So I'm pretty sure they were probably wrestling before NXT UK um, from their home promotion. So yeah, I could definitely see this being like a, a pretty good feud with some history. They might have some footage to show. Well, that's NXT. Not a bad episode this week. I, I actually really quite got into the uh, the men's title match with Braun and Vaughn. Uh, I thought JD McDonough and Apollo Crews was the match of the night. And... A little less goofiness in the backstage stuff, but uh, as always, yeah, as you mentioned, so many mysteries, so many mysteries going on. But I thought it was a, a fair episode of NXT this week. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Like two title matches, it made it seem like a big show. Um, I like how they started off with the men's match, kind of, you know, give it like a big fight feel. I like the announcement from Shawn Michaels. I like how they're teasing next week is going to be like this, what I would think would be this reveal of scripts when he, you know, mentions something about next week, you'll find out. Mm. Um, so yeah, it should be interesting build to uh to deadline. Hopefully we find out soon who these um five competitors are in each match. And uh yeah, I'm looking forward to this uh this deadline uh PLE, I guess. Hell yeah. Well, that's it. Uh, Sino, anything you'd like to kind of plug before we bid you adieu? No, I mean, by the time you hear this, uh, Shot in the Dark should be up this week. I'm talking about the uh, the start of the Tyrus era in NWA. Uh, <laughs> hear me talk about Wendy Chu and Zion Quinn on main event and who got a good reaction and who didn't. Um, some new champions, Joe Henry. Do you know who Joe Henry is? Yes, I think so. Do you so. know that if you say his name, he'll appear? 
That's oh, his wow. whole thing. Yeah, okay, you say his yeah. name, and he so so whenever somebody says his name backstage on Impact, he just pops up his head in a comedic way. So it's not right. like a it's not like a Bloody Mary or anything like that. So yeah, talk about all that plus a lot more uh, interesting happenings in the world of Shot in the Dark. And uh, yeah, if you're in the Newark area, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be at the uh, QXT nightclub. Uh, right by the Prudential Center, very close by. If you're coming from New York City, jump on the Penn Station uh, train, the Amtrak gets you right there to Newark. Very easy. One stop. Yes, that's this Saturday, the post-wrestling fifth anniversary. Uh, if you're going, make sure you say hi. Don't be a stranger. Love to see as many of you as possible. Really looking forward to this. It's going to be a great, great day. Uh, Patreon.com slash up next. Go there for all our bonus content, our our best match ever shows, movie reviews, uh, old wrestling. Next week, we're going to be talking about Fall Brawl 97, featuring a War Games match between the NWO and the Four Horsemen. Uh, we've got a match of Man Randy Savage show out there, all on patreon.com slash upnext. And you can find us at Upnext Podcast on Twitter. Join the Upnext Facebook group, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Davey Portman. Sino, where can we find you? You can find me at CinoEvil, C-N-O-E-V-I-L, on Twitter um, for now. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, all your social media uh, preferences, I am on there. Well, that's it. That's all. Take care. Goodbye. Ahoy. Oh,